seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Welcome, friends, to episode 199 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, and for 199 episodes, You've got Daquan Watson here right along with Brian Allen, my main man. How's it going? So, Kyle, that means we're next with this, the, 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 the big one, so to speak. The big one. Hey, hopefully, we'll be doing all the way to 500. That'd be like another 10 years, but you know. <laughs> we'll just keep it going. Actually, I said I'm already at two, so that'd be another like uh, like six years, almost seven years. So, like, you know. Be officially, the, I think the only person put up with me for quite that long. It's other than my wife. I was going to say, other than your woman, I'd, I'd probably be it. But yeah, before we get into today's episode, because we do have quite a few things to cover. There was a lot of random gaming things this week. I do want to remind you that you should go check out the show sponsor, CoolStuffInc.com. Firstly, they always have cool stuff in stock, but they have a lot of things, not just magic stuff. If you want any type of nerd things, other card games, supplies, dice, whatever, go check them out. They're good people, and you can save 5% by using code DRAGON over there as well. Also, if you want to support the show directly, you can go to patreon.com slash colorofmagic, and you can get a shout-out just like Lawson Williams, who's a longtime supporter. So thank you, buddy, for being a supporter. And, of course, you can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop if you want to pick up some merch. But now, let's get into some actual topics, because, man, we have some interesting things to cover this week. And I kind of want to start, this is kind of a positive thing, more than a rant, to be honest, for the soapbox. But I kind of want to put it out there for people that you're not too old for social media. You're not too old to start making content. I think that comes up a lot for people because there's a perception that content is a young person's game. And I think on some things that may be true, depending on how you're approaching the content, you, you might... You know, if you're younger, you don't have kids, you're maybe not in a super demanding career, you know, you, you just have more time to put toward it. Technology is probably if you're older, you're probably not gonna, you know, be doing a skateboarding channel. <laughs> probably, you know. Sure, the types of content you do is gonna be different, right? The technology is gonna feel easier to you when you're younger. Because you're learning it as it's developing, right? You're not having to do the, you know, teach an old dog new tricks kind of thing. But there's a lot that I don't even want to say, well, we'll say more mature people, you know, are, are, can bring to the table by way of content. And if you look around, while, you know, you do have the Mr. Beast of the world, who is all of like 24, I think. You have those examples out there. But if you look around the Internet, a lot of people making good money, a lot of good stable money are the 30 plus 40 plus crowd. Right. Hell, Hank Green is a veteran of the internet at this point. He's been doing it for, I don't know, it feels like since the beginning of the internet, <laughs> truthfully. Like, so there's a lot of those out there. Even if you think about a lot of the people you follow on social media or a lot of the YouTube videos you watch, a lot of them are from people who are just running their businesses and doing things, right? Or started doing content and turned it into a business, right? So you don't necessarily have to be young. Hell, I didn't start becoming a full-time content creator till I was over 40. And now 
I'm doing better than a lot of people that have been doing it for years before I was that are 10 years plus younger than me. But the difference is we can do a show like this where we can bring different life perspectives because we've been through some things. We've seen some things. Yeah, you know, every game that comes out at this point is like, yeah, I remember when somebody else tried this back in aught six. <laughs> yeah. But but even then, you know, if we're talking about industry stuff, I can literally talk about all different levels of things at the industry in the industry because I've been through it. Right. I don't have to make just a speculative comment. I can literally be like, well, based on having been in this office, <laughs> you know, or having seen this warehouse or knowing the guy that owns this company, right? Those are things that younger people just can't bring to the table. Not saying that young people can't make good content. It's just going to be different types of content. And I think you just have to understand what it is you can and can't do. You know, there's things that, you know, something like Family the Gathering, really fake good family. Like, honestly, if I saw their house and they had like the white picket fence out front, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like they're just good people all around. But there's going to be a type of content they can make that I wouldn't be able to make. You know, and that's okay, right? Everybody should work to their strengths and what you have available. And there's stuff I'm going to be able to do that other people aren't going to be able to do. But to just say that, oh, well, I'm too old to do this or I can't try and whatever. It's like, man, you can make yourself, even if you don't make it your full-time career, you can make some good side income by going out and taking your favorite game or hobby or whatever and showing people the basics of it or talking about some aspect of it that doesn't get covered that much. Or even in some cases, approaching it from being an older person in the space. You know, hell, right now, there's probably, if somebody wanted to tackle the idea of saying, all right, I'm a 40-year-old gamer, I play whatever, I want to show the perspective of the older person trying to be involved in esports or whatever. That could be a whole channel, just an adventure following that person. Or, you know, daily tweets or whatever how, how, what are we calling those are those ex posts now like i don't like i'm i'm so i saw them. i saw that come up on in my notifications you have a you have an x or i just got sad just i'm just calling them tweets i don't know they're still tweets uh, though if somebody we wants to send, about... you want to send me a dm over there you know what you can dmx me <laughs> oh god i'm i'm down with that one <laughs> but anything else i'm just like whatever there's still tweets but my point being there's a lot of room for older people to still make content i think there's a lot of unexplored space in a lot of topics and you have more to bring to the table than you think you know to have people just tell you like oh i can't do that or you shouldn't blah blah or you're gonna suck because nobody wants to see somebody that's older do say whatever it's just not true. We have way too many examples on the internet to show that. Thank God, like you said, we're old. So it's a good thing that's not true. But especially if you're talking about health, finances, whatever, like I'd rather get my advice from an older, more mature person. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to go figure out how to buy stocks from a 20-year-old. Like I want that dude who's seen some ups and downs and some recessions or whatever and is like a weathered 40, 50-year-old dude. Like... Or woman, it could be anybody, just person, right? But I want them to have some experience. So yeah, there's a lot. And even in gaming, like I said, there's a ton you can still bring to the table. Hell, you could even do stuff talking about budgeting finances when you have a family but still want to buy all this magic stuff or whatever, right? Like that's a whole thing. Some people would be like, oh man, I could relate to that. 
or getting back into it after maybe you played when you were in college and now you settled down and you got your career and like now you're getting back in the game. How does it look? Right. There's a bunch of stuff. So don't let people tell you you're too old to get into the whole content social media game because it's just not true. All right, Brian, you're up. You know, it's often said that history is written by the victors. And usually I mean, you know, who won a war, but we're to the point now in America with our crazy divided culture that it literally has come down to who won the election is getting to write history. You see Texas pulling books, firing librarians. Apparently the city of Houston has taken their, uh, basically taken, I guess, all of their libraries and turn them into detention centers for, uh, for, I guess, bad students. And Florida, not to be outdone by any of the other states that have gone too far off of the rails, is actually trying to teach that slavery had some benefits for black people. I, I was hoping that, you know, after, because uh, at this point, since we're essentially already in the election cycle, other Republicans are coming down. And when, when somebody else like DeSantis is running for governor, says something completely crazy, like slavery had some benefits for black people, p- people are going in. So you figure, okay, you, you've you stuck your foot all the way down your throat. C- come on back to the... No, he's doubling down and would like Vice President Kamala Harris to come to Florida so they can debate, I guess... The, the merits of, of slavery. I This is so dumb. Even for Florida, I have a hard time believing it's happening. But again, when history is written by the victors and the victors have just gotten stuck on stupid, this is the kind of thing that happens. The thing is, when I read it, it was some of the like, well, you know, they got room and board. Like, you know, they had a place to stay. And it was like... <sighs> I mean, in the like most literal sense, you were in like a barn next to the animals. <laughs> you know, like they had a bruh. place to stay before slavery. It was called Africa. <laughs> like, bruh, come on. Like, yeah. I the the thing I do have a real concern though, and, and not to get like too far into politics, but there is a real concern for people that are growing up in Florida that are gonna go through these school systems that are literally having amazing works of literature just removed that they're not going to have any connection to you're losing a whole world perspective so you're not really going to know how anything operates or the history of anything and then trying to get into colleges or get hired by these bigger companies when these people who grow up through the system are just going to be completely out of touch you know, like it's going to be hard for people to even work with some of these people or want them on as in, in our case to be like brand partners or whatever, because it's like it's going to be weird. Yeah, because the second you go on your stream and try to justify slavery, <laughs> who's, wh- who's going to want to work with you? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it just it adds this whole level of stuff that we've just never had to even be concerned about before. Yeah, it used to be we could pretty much all agree slavery was bad. This wasn't something, you know, that was no, really not, not even of black people, just slavery, period. <laughs> like in any time or in any yeah, time, it was bad. Just, that just used to be a thing we could all kind of sit down, but that, that's where our debate has gone in America. Just we, you know, there, there are no absolutes. We, we can't we, we can't get two sides to agree in a lot of cases that slavery is bad. 
that that the Earth is round. <laughs> just, just basic like, like facts. I said, man, like I have a real concern, and I feel bad for people that are going to end up stuck in Florida, can't really afford to move or whatever. You're just not in a position, and your kids are just going to have to go through that system, and unfortunately, just end up not. I would say poorly educated, but just like with no wherewithal of how the world operates and no perspective on anything. And that's going to be really sad. So I'm, I'm hoping people come to their senses and this stuff doesn't last more than a couple of years and we get some stuff corrected. But if not, ugh. I mean, it's, it's going to be a sad time. It's frightening. But all right, let's turn the page a little bit here and let's talk about some things we learned this week because we have a, kind of a good and a bad thing here. So what you got? Yeah, it sounds like Overwatch League after this season is going to unfortunately go completely belly up because well, I mean, a number of reasons. You know, obviously Activision Blizzard got caught doing horrible, horrible things in terms of, you know, the harassment that many of their employees had to endure. So they lost a bunch of sponsors and never, I guess really never gotten most of those sponsors back. But we're now learning kind of where the thought process even was and thinking you could turn, you know, hey, Overwatch could be like the NFL or the NBA and each city could have its own Overwatch team. And lo and behold, as often happens, there was a report from some bankers that explained video games to the rest of us and, and how this could work. And supposedly a report from Morgan Stanley that uh, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick apparently put a whole lot of faith in. The report said that if, if you made an Overwatch League, that 40% of the people that played Overwatch would watch the league games. No, nobody in esports. Dude, you're excited 40. to get 10% penetration. Right? Nobody does 40. It's just that's not a thing. <laughs> that, that is so, that just shows how little bankers in most cases, they may, they may be able to tell you to the nickel how many units a game sold. But as far as how that game's fan base works, they got nothing. Unfortunately, Kodak believed this, thought Overwatch could become the NBA, and went full in on that to the detriment of the game itself because so many decisions that turned out to be bad <laughs> were done because of Overwatch League. Like, they went from 6v6 to 5v5 in part because 6v6 was hard to watch on television. The commentators even mentioned like how you know they had to be censored because they sold Overwatch League to Disney, so you couldn't really do you know you you had to keep it TV thirteen, even though nobody's commentary really. Well, I don't know it. You do magic commentary. How have they advised you in terms of where your where the line is? I guess. Um. It really depends on what the thing is we're doing. Like, obviously, if we're doing, like, the 100% official Wizards, you know, whatever, all of that, Wizards is super risk-averse, so it's, you know, yeah. beyond PG-13 or whatever. Okay. When we're doing stuff like the Arena Championships, we have a little more leeway, but they're kind of just trusting us. Like, yeah. assume it's PG-13-ish. Don't be an idiot on camera. And, I mean, yeah. your your target audience for a shooter is going to be, you know, males. <laughs> really? Yeah, for sure. 18 to 34 for the most yeah. part. So, 
it's just so many, many terrible decisions made thinking that, again, Overwatch could be like the NBA and you'd get 40% penetration. Like, no. This, this is the thing, you know, when, and this goes all the way back to when people kept saying, like, oh, well, Wizards should do this, like these esports things or whatever. But I always kept asking people, like, I don't know what you believe this actually is. Like, go ask any player of any game who held to name five, half of the top, not even half, five of the top 20 players in their game and they probably can't do it right. just average random player somewhere and we're talking about playing magic overwatch call of duty whatever most of them can't do it league oh, of legends might be an exception because so many of league of legends top people are tops they're like among the top 10 streamers or youtubers but for most games sure but i, I bet a lot of people still couldn't I, I'd probably I should get I'd be willing to take that challenge. Actually, maybe I'll do that when I go to the next convention, like PAX or something. Just out of curiosity, if I can find people, because that's the thing I think we just take for granted, right? It's just they're not in at same level, even though there's always been the push, like, oh, we need to make sure there's this much money and this thing happens, and we got to have all these teams. And hell, I've been trying to follow the news recently of some of these esports teams, even like trading players for different reasons or whatever and it's it feels even convoluted to follow so i'm like how would the average player who doesn't even care about the business side even be aware hell they might turn it on and be like oh where'd so-and-so go oh he plays on this other team now like when did that happen (laughs) you know what i mean so yeah the banks you're right they just they just don't know i mean and that would have been easy to research like they could have went to any event any convention whatever Ask the first, I don't know, 200 players that play a particular game any questions about it, and they would realize that the market penetration is not 40%. If if you got 40%, that would be bananas. Right. (laughs) They were able to convince Kotick they'd get that and win in every city, needs its own Overwatch team. Hell, think about it like this. As big as the NFL is, and... People know a bunch of the NFL teams that don't even follow sports, right? You know who, like, the Dallas Cowboys are or whatever. There are fans that own tons of gear, contribute a lot of money to the system, that still don't watch every game all year. Right. And there's only, well, now 17 games. Right? So, like, and that's one day a week. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, they have a pretty set schedule, which helps the NFL already. But if you Well, think- at this point, it's more like four. Well, yeah, no, I'm saying for your team, though. Each oh, team's okay, only yeah. going to have one game a week. So it's not even like you have to dedicate a bunch of – it's not like basketball or baseball where there might be two or three games a week for some teams, right? Hell, sometimes baseball could be four. You have double headers and stuff, too. But, like, there's no way you're just going to get that for esports. We're just not. And we're seeing constant esports leagues folding. You know, we're seeing players talk about it's not sustainable. You know, sponsors aren't happy because they're not getting any type of – recognition or sales from their support the system we had for it is just not good at the end of the day i mean it's just not built for that so yeah if it has to shutter i'm with you i think activision some of this you brought or blizzard you brought some of this on yourself you know sadly almost all of it because yeah so many of these were like you know people were good luck convincing bobby Kotick he's wrong about anything even when it's completely obvious that he's wrong very true. That doesn't help. <laughs> and in addition to that, they while they were because you know now it's coming out that they really they stopped working on Overwatch One probably sometime around 
2019 for a focus on Overwatch 2 that supposedly was going to have skill trees. And, and, and you know, be, be just, they, they just, we had to do this because over the Overwatch 1 couldn't hold all this new content we were going to have. It turns out there's not ever going to be any PvE. That that's never happening. The skill trees aren't happening. This we got Overwatch 1.5. So you can at this point can't even tell what they were working on. <laughs> I mean, just... could you argue that it's Overwatch negative 1.5 <laughs> because you took stuff away, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, you know, and so much was obvious content being held because it took what seven eight years for us to get a black woman, and one of the excuses was, "Well, Sojourn is so important to Overwatch 2's story, and you know all this, this PVE stuff that we're now not going to get." So she has to launch with Overwatch 2. No, you realize you really didn't have any other content, so you had to hold Sojourn as a carrot for people that wanted to actually play a black woman character in Overwatch. Yeah, there's just so many decisions that just don't make sense. And again, you know, we talked about this last year where people were worried about the banks reaching out to Hasbro and that was going to affect Wizards or whatever. But at the end of the day, fortunately, and I can tell you haven't been there, there's a lot of times where I don't even think Hasbro understands how Wizards makes money, right? Their market's so different. And at the end of the day, all you're seeing is numbers keep going up for Wizards anyway. And that's why I told me, I said, the banks aren't going to change a bunch of that. You know, we saw all that stuff with people you're trying to do the takeover from investors. And and now it's not even, I wouldn't even call it old news. It's almost just lost news. It didn't even get mentioned hardly, right? So we're lucky to be largely in a space where that's less of an issue. But video game companies seem like they're always getting some type of bank interference and having some sort of issues one way or another. But, you know, on a different note, Doctor Who, I didn't realize it was the 60th anniversary of that property. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And by the way, random fact, uh, the doctor and I have the same birthday. He debuted on November 23rd. So I tell people I'm a time lord. That's kind of cool, actually. The funny thing is, I feel like I should have realized this. Right, because it's been a minute now. Several of these other crossovers we've done with Magic have fallen around other major product releases, right? Even if you go back to The Walking Dead, it was around, they were getting close to debuting the season, the final season or whatever, right? That was a big push. And then we had the stuff with Stranger Things and they were getting close to having their new episode, new season come out on Netflix. And then Warhammer was having a new edition of the book come along. And it's just like, so I should have thought like, okay, why are we doing this? Why is the timing this way? And it felt like it got pushed back a little bit. And that's maybe why, right? Wouldn't it be part of this whole 60th anniversary promotion? 60th but- anniversary, and we're gonna we're gonna trigger all the people that hated Black Aragorn again, which I'm perfectly happy to do. The Doctor's black now. <laughs> well, yeah, but that crowd's mostly dealt with that already. So, yeah. But I will say the fun thing is this came up because you're if you're into any Doctor Who stuff, there is a lot of stuff coming down right. the pipe. And especially if you play like the role playing games and stuff, they're getting all a whole new series of things getting added to their line. So yeah, any of the nerdy stuff you're into around Doctor Who, congratulations! You're probably gonna be getting a lot of stuff, even if they haven't you haven't seen the announcements yet. So keep your eye out for that. I thought that was really cool. So cool too to see these types of licenses last that long. 
because I think there's a point in time, even even for just the games I stay involved with. I mean, you know, Magic, D&D, hell, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Warhammer, right? It's wild to think we live in a world where all of these things are getting close to being 30 years old or older. Well, also, the doctor has the best, you know, the best explanation for for switching actors ever, because had that second doctor not taken off, the franchise dies. And they basically said, hey, why does he look different? Well, he's a time lord. He can regenerate himself. And now every three or four years, they're ready to switch actors. Well, yeah, now, it's a, now it's expected, right? You only get right. a three to five year contract and that's it. And then yeah. we're, we're getting a new person in there. And they can be anybody. They can be female. <laughs> they can be black. We, we we had a black female. And then they just Doctor can Tyler can regenerate into anyone, essentially. Yeah, it's really cool that it's endured as long as it has. And I'm not even like a full time Doctor Who fan. Like I just have appreciation for that stuff. You know, hell it, and there's other brands too we can throw in. Obviously, Star Wars, you know, originating back in the seventies. You've got transformers that have survived since like what 83 or something <laughs> you know, like, right. like made that run so there, there's a lot of just things that i think if we'd have thought about it growing up we'd have been like oh yeah this is fun for a while at some point they'll just go away and lo and behold we're just getting newer better versions of things we had when we were growing up like which is kind of cool Especially because Transformers G.I. Joe had, you know, the most essentially crass capitalist origin story ever. They did cartoons to sell toys to get around the laws about how many cartoons or how many commercials you could have in 30 minutes. Oh, dude. What if we had a 30 minute commercial? Let's be real. Every time I see somebody online complaining about, I can't believe they're marketing this to our kids and whatever. I'm like, do you realize that's all we did on Saturday morning was stare at commercials? Yes, He-Man commercial, Transformers, oh, G.I. Uh Strawberry Shortcake, right. <laughs> like even Junkie, what, Mask, that thing that had like the weird yep. vehicles that shot stuff, yep. like you name it, it had a toy. Like you would, lit- if you had a new character or thing show up in a cartoon, I guarantee you that toy is going to be a Walmart within 10 days. Mm-hmm. Every time. Like, that's why I laugh when people are like, I can't believe this is going on. How do we let this? I'm like, man, we were growing up, everything marketed to us directly. And we loved it. We would get up up, in the morning, get us a bowl of cereal, Mm -hmm. and stay glued to the TV until 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You could still sell candy cigarettes and big league chew to kids when we were growing up. That's true. I do remember the, the bubblegum cigars. Yeah, the tobacco <laughs> industry ate crap, y'all. Yeah, it was it was a mess, man. So, like, yeah. And again, not saying that all those things should still be marketed to kids. Like, the candy cigarettes and stuff were a yeah, big candy fun. cigarettes <laughs> and Big League Chew absolutely needed to go. Because, no, having a big chaw tobacco is not cool. It is not healthy. Though, what's cool is, at least baseball players made the transition to sunflower seeds. Yeah, like that's a little bit of a thing now. But yeah, just cool to see like these old legacy license just really enduring over the years because a lot of them have been through some things. They've all had different controversies or whatever, but it's wild to think back of all all these things that we were into that we grew up with, like managed to survive right along with us. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of neat. But let's get into our news topics here. 
We had a pro tour this past weekend in Barcelona at the Magic Con, which is cool. I'm actually kind of starting to dig this whole idea of the pro tours being at the Magic Con events. Partly because I think it's easier to follow. But even when we're talking about it news-wise, it's like, hey, cool, everything's kind of in one thing. And we can just cover it all together. But it was, or I guess, I was going to say Pro Tour Barcelona, but they also named them after the sets that come out most recently. So Pro Tour Lord of the Rings, I think is how it's going to go down in the books. But it was won by Jake Beardsley, who was a longtime player. And if I'm not mistaken, was a former Star City Games employee. So he That's had a cool. Yeah, he had a lot of love online from a whole bunch of different people that he just been around people associated with him. You know, one of those guys, he got qualified, he grinded out and there you go. Right. He, he finally got him a trophy, which is cool. And the event, while honestly, overall, I think the play was very strong. No surprise. I think the games were pretty good, but there was a lot of repetition because of the Tron decks being popular and they've always been popular and they were just, I, I think the one ring card actually makes those decks even better. Oh, wow. And because it's already colorless, they're making all the extra mana, like it's easy to cast. It gives them extra fuel to do with all the all that extra mana they're putting into play. Like it's It's just really pushing a lot of decks, and that's one that benefited greatly from it. To the point that you had half of the top eight, as Tron decks. Now that doesn't. So I guess the one ring really isn't to the the drawbacks. I guess aren't a big enough drawback. Sounds like no, not at all. Especially since you can play multiples. Sometimes you'll play the second one just to get rid of the first one and effectively resetting your ring, so you're not taking all that extra damage. Yeah, because I know I, I didn't even realize that, but yeah, I have a, a deck with the uh, tempted by the ring mechanic, and there basically is no downside to nope. being tempted by the ring. Not at all. So yeah, there's. While I, I do like, we almost should have done it flavorfully and said, like, you can only include one of these in a deck or something. <laughs> that would seem to make the most sense. Because it's the one ring. But, yeah, I could see something happening to that card down the road. But for now, it's a super expensive card. Lots of people are playing it in a lot of different formats. And it fits a lot of different decks. And we kind of got to see that showcased this past weekend. Now, outside of the play and the decks of the events, there was another issue that a lot of people complained about. Uh, you even saw some of the commentary being a little uncomfortable, you know, in, in their nice outfits. But the heat. And, you know, I don't think people realize that Barcelona can be kind of warm, especially in the summer. And there was a thing where people were kind of like, how is this a thing? Why did not have the AC on? Like, Wizards should be doing better. Why did not find a better venue? But after some digging and local laws, really, that, that make a difference here, is actually that they couldn't cool it past a certain point. Now, the reason this happens is because there was a law passed, I believe it was in 2018, as part of a measure from, I think it was the European Union, not totally sure, but they were trying to reduce their gas emissions so that each country was relying less on gas from Russia. Because like many things in the world, Russia is often made out to be the bad guys, oftentimes are the bad guy. So they want to rely less on Russia. So to get their emissions down at least 7%, one of the big measures was major buildings and public facilities 
are not allowed to cool the temperatures lower than 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Also, interestingly, in the winter, they can't heat warmer than 66 degrees Fahrenheit as well. Just something to throw in there. Not that it's totally relevant, but hey. And as we we talk about, like, you can, you know, even if you want to ignore politics, sometimes you got to pay attention to the news. Yep. And I also want to say credit to Dana Fisher and her father, because they're the ones that kind of put a lot of people onto this information because they were curious and they had posted some stuff on socials. And some of us went and started deep diving after that. So, you know, I want to give credit where it's due for doing the initial start of the whole deep dive there. Yeah. You would never think as a magic player you needed to know anything about European politics. But in this case, anytime you're going to travel, you kind of got to know things like this. Yeah, even in general, though, I'd say whenever you travel, one of the first things I do is I always try to see what is the weather generally for this time of year. And then what does it look like over the next week that I'll be there? And partly it's just like, so you know how to dress or what to expect inside or, you know, even if I'm going out to do something. Do I want like the full suit jacket or whatever? Or am I just going to go with like, you know, rolled up sleeves on a button up or something, right? To, to kind of understand. And this is one of those situations. And, it, and it's a tough thing because I think even if Wizards had done their homework and you said, okay, well, maybe we could do the false. Well, there isn't even a fall one because that one's Vegas. So you can't really do that one there. Uh, maybe you could have done a winter one. But then even then you're worried about people being too cold there. So that, that's the other side. So you really only have like true early spring and mid fall, but I don't think you have an event you can place there where it makes sense, sadly. So you almost get caught in some spots where do you just have to say you can't do events in some areas? Well, no, because in a few years, we'll all be 120 degrees. So you know, man, it, it, the world will be on fire everywhere. I mean, it's sad, but dude, I saw in the Middle East and stuff, there were some like heat indexes that were in the 150 range which is insane yeah like that's just not livable you know so Mm -mm. and we have actually had our hottest days on record i believe for the last week straight the worldwide average is the warmest it's been ever for that long of a period so yeah yeah, it's you're right maybe maybe it won't matter in the future But, you know, this is something I've thought about before, though, because, you know, one of the big, obviously, like the Olympics, you know, they want to move those constantly around the world to different countries. But they've even had discussions about there's some countries it just doesn't make sense to give the Olympics to anymore. Because of just the sheer size of the event and like all the people and the news coverage and the facilities you need. Hell, there were I think people probably forgot. But back in 2000, Greece was upset that they didn't get the 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 millennial olympics or whatever right and then they think they gave it to them in 04 it was either 04 or 08 they gave it to greece and then greece was still in debt as a country because of that for the next like 20 well still in debt honestly and it's because and in fairness, that was starting before <laughs> sure. they were already about to be in debt that just exacerbated the problem but you know even though i'm not saying you know a magic magic con or pro tours the olympics but i wonder if you need to start applying that level of consideration of saying hey we're doing this thing and these can magic cons are starting to get big especially in a place like barcelona where you haven't had a big magic event in forever right because even vegas is going to be a big event here in the states when we do it but like 
people are like, okay, well, I can always go to the one in the fall, right? Like this past year, it was like Minneapolis or something, right? Like, you know, there's another one you can reasonably get to. But if you were in Spain, this is the magic event, right? There hasn't been a big one for years and probably may not be one for the next couple of years. So everybody's going to show up. And if you do this in a bunch of places, like let's say you put one in, I don't know, like South Africa, or you put one in, like we're saying, in Greece or wherever, they're probably going to draw pretty big because that's the only one for that area. You know, so yeah, maybe we do have to start thinking like that. Like what type of accommodations, what are the airports like, what or whatever, because like, I don't know if when Magic Con started, we realized how big they could be. You know what I mean? Like, I think we all thought, okay, this will be fun. It'll draw pretty well. We haven't really done a Magic specific convention, but you know, we knew Grand Prix had drawn big before, so why not Magic Cons? And now that these are definitely outpacing what the Grand Prix were, and they're an all weekend event, it's like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> and Wizards is even obviously getting it down, and each event's getting better run. And so, I don't know, man. It'll be interesting. But I was going to say, I guess we get to move from one Lord of the Rings topic to another because uh, we do have some interesting news on the One Ring. So we all know that the One Ring was found and sold, and we heard that somebody got a million dollars for it. And we didn't actually all think that was going to be the end of the story. However, I didn't think we'd see some other resolution this immediately. And as it turns out, Post Malone decided he wanted that ring in his collection. Now, the original stories that were unofficial were that he bought it for $2.6 million, which, whatever, it's his money. He's an international sensation, whatever. He's probably got $3 million to spend. But then he did a clip just this morning, which it looked I guess he was already scheduled to be on a podcast, and they asked him what he paid for it. He said $2 million. He said it kind of casually, so I don't think people really knew if he was just saying $2 million as a number or if he actually paid exactly $2 million. But within a couple hours, there was a follow-up from Star City Games who reached out to the company that sold it to him, and they said they had sold it to him for $2 million. So we now know that the official, apparently, going rate for the one ring, one of one, is now $2 million, which we kind of knew that because there was somebody already offering $2 million previously. So we don't know what the price would be beyond that. The interesting thing, though, is I don't think anybody's really surprised that Posty ended up with it. <laughs> he is tricksy like habits is. <laughs> well, I, I thought, here's the thing. When people ask me who I thought ultimately was going to end up with it, I thought my list was pretty small. It was either Post Malone, Hunter Pence, yeah, or one of the big online store owners that wants to just have like a complete collection. Now, there was a chance there was going to be an outside Lord of the Rings aficionado or whatever that would have paid for that. But I wouldn't even have known who they were. You know, so to add them to my list, they would have just, as far as I'm concerned, they'd have been a dark horse that just came out of nowhere and bought it, right? But really, my list was pretty small because I couldn't think of super fans that also have that kind yeah. of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's really why I said it was like Post Malone, Hunter Pence, and then I know some different people that have some money that run these websites and stuff, and they could have afforded it if they wanted it. And at that point, even then, it's just a matter of they're not necessarily super fans at this point. So I'm not even sure how badly they would want it other than for bragging rights to say they have the one of one. Right. So, yeah, this wasn't a surprise to me at all, but really cool that it did end up in the hands of a not just a collector who cares about it, but particularly a magic player. 
because I did think about that at one point. And it would be nothing wrong with it, right? If if a Lord of the Rings collector came forward, wanted it in their collection because they have all the rare Lord of the Rings stuff, that's totally justified. But I think there is something nice as a Magic player, as a gamer, to be like, you know, the game it originates from, a fan of the game and a player of that game who wanted that in their collection now has it. And there's something kind of nice about that. And and you know what? As much as we don't like it to, let's give credit to Wizards of the Coast because this whole promotion around Lord of the Rings and doing all these different serialized cards and having a, a Hobbit DJ, the after party at, at MagicCon, whatever... We have been talking about Lord of the Rings and Magic, what feels like for like six months now. And that's what you want. Yeah. I mean, it's it's worked, right? I mean, I can't even complain. Like when people talk about why do they do crossover projects and what does it matter and who does it bring and what it's like, the amount of PR they are getting from this, you would have a hard time paying for that much for any reasonable amount of money. Because now, you know, for the next couple of shows or whatever that Post Malone does, he's going to be asked about it, about how did it come about? How did you get a hold of people? How did y'all decide what you want to pay for it? What are you going to do with it? Whatever. Have you been contacted by any ring rates? Yeah, exactly. Right. Some silly questions. That's going to be a thing for probably the next month. So, yeah, it worked. I mean, I'm not even a hardcore Lord of the Rings fan. And I can say like this honestly worked. So all the way around. You know, I just got to give a golf clap and, and call it good. So, yeah, there you go. Post Malone, now the owner of the One Ring. Hopefully he doesn't go crazy and have to go find a volcano. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about a couple other things here. One of those being that a really fun promotion came back to Magic Gathering Arena. Now, if you were playing Arena back on April Fool's, April 1st, here in the U.S., you will have noticed that when you got online, it felt a bit weird because the font changed and it kind of looked like this weird whole like VHS sort of thing was going on. Like you were watching something in VCR and it had like the track lines on the TV and the battlefield had a weird look where it just had like a Coke bottle and a piece of pizza and other stuff on it. Really fun overall promotion. But one of the extra things they added to that was your card backs for the day where all this like worn looking magic, the gathering card, like almost like when you have a card and you played it without sleeves and the edges are all super white and worn. You had that look and everybody was so into this promotion, which credit to them. Cause that's one of the most originally done and interesting April fool's things they could probably do for arena. Well, because so many people kept asking for it, they said, you know what? We're going to make it available. So yesterday, I believe it became available on in the arena store for only 3,000 gold, which effectively you can get that minimum in three days or, or maximum three days. But you can even do it maybe in a day or two, depending on what dailies you have and whatnot. So even if you want to spend nothing for it, you could very easily get 3,000 gold, have the card back. Really fun promotion. Cool that Wizard brought this back. And they did it in a way that's super affordable for everybody. So nobody has to go out of pocket for you know, 10 or 20,000 gold or have to put in like a thousand gems or whatever to, to get this thing. Like, this is really cool. And this is kind of how you want it to work, right? They did a fun thing. Everybody really liked it. They said, you know what? We can't give you the whole thing because they said they do want to use that other stuff for special promotions and roll it out again. But they're at least making the card backs available. 
I think that's cool. And honestly, it's probably going to get a lot of people to go to the arena store. So they're probably going to sell some other stuff while they're there. Great loss leader, if you want to call it that. It's like good for them. So, yeah, I don't know. Did you get to see the card back, Brian? And did you use it at all? I probably saw it and didn't even realize what it was because I am <laughs> not, not an art buff, so to speak. Yeah, I thought it was neat. I don't know if it's necessarily my aesthetic, but I might get it just so it's in my collection of stuff since it's free effectively. Well, yeah, anytime something is free, I, I'm all of a sudden interested. Yeah, like it's so low cost in gold that it's effectively free. And if I have some people, viewers or wherever I'm streaming and want me to use it, I can pop it on there and make some people happy. But yeah, a lot of people are super excited about this. Like it's a very simple, basic thing. But man, it just goes to show that sometimes if you get a promotion right and it hits things in the nostalgia gland just right, you know, like sometimes it's the little things, really. Yeah. And that's it's good you said that because I do think people get lost in the sauce too much, right? Like we got to do this big, massive thing. We got to have all this lights and whatever. And we got to have the top end graphics. And it's like, sometimes you don't though. I mean, hell look at damn Minecraft. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nintendo. <laughs> and, and it's made hell at this point, Minecraft's probably made billions of dollars. And I was about to say millions, but hell, as long as it's been around, I'd be shocked if it hadn't cleared billions. So, yeah, you don't always have to go out of your way. Sometimes just the simplest things, if it hits just right. And this is one of those things, man. So good on Wizards. But uh, there's some other random, I don't know if I want to call it video game controversy, but questionable news that came out. And you put me onto this one, Brian. So why don't you fill everybody in on what's going down here? Yeah, as you know, uh, as we talk a lot about Xbox Game Pass and people trying to figure out, hey, you know, what what older games would we like to see come to the service? Well, people start mentioning the uh, Transformers games from around the 2010 through about 2000, I guess, 16 or 17 era. And somebody, somebody at Hasbro, who I guess thankfully for them has not been named, said, oh, we would love to release those games on Game Pass, but you know, Activision Blizzard is doing stuff at Microsoft, and apparently they lost the code for the game, so they, they don't exist anymore. And it took all of like about <laughs> probably an hour for uh, Activision Blizzard to be like, "What? <laughs> what the f did you say? <laughs> Keep our Transformers uh, games name out your mouths. None of that is true." So everybody that wrote that story, which is pretty much every gaming website in existence, had to go in there create like. Activision said Hasbro don't know what they're talking about, and Hasbro has now reached a statement saying, "Yeah, whoever that was, <laughs> they didn't know what they're talking about. We apologize." <laughs> so random. But I remember DeQuan is talking about how there's some <laughs> some employees that will just sometimes say more than they need to. I it's one of the first things I thought of as I read the first the first round of stories, and then especially the second round of stories of no, no, that apparently is true. <laughs> You know, though, like the things I think you can discern from stories like that is it wasn't somebody in the Hasbro PR department because yeah. that person would be a normal named person. Usually, yeah. like this is their title. This is what they do. This is why we're interviewing them. So this is likely random employee at Hasbro who the writer does not want to give up as a contact. 
Right. And at this point, they won't be able to use them as a contact anymore because they've been burned horribly. Yeah. Well, that's also if that person doesn't eventually have the stuff backtracked to them being the source because they may not even be there. You know, all of those things. That's the the danger of unnamed sources is stuff like that can happen. And we talked about this off the air. But the other half of this to me is this could also have been a thing where somebody at Activision just said that as an excuse to someone thinking, okay, this is a blow off comment. Just I'm like, we don't have it for whatever reason. Cool. But then it comes back up and now they have to be like, ah, crap. <laughs> like, I don't think they realize like those games, they're not available digitally. Physical copies are being, you know, scalped on eBay because as of right now, that's the only way you can buy any of these games. Unless you just happen to, stumble across a garage sale somewhere that has them or something yeah, and every time a transformer movie comes back comes out transformer yeah. related stuff spikes for about six months so right not a surprise and, and transformer movies are at this point every i guess two to three like you know like disney this is yeah. a cycle every couple of years we got to crank and as as you said do immediately it wasn't a pr person because i, I love pr people they perform a vital service but of course, in 20 years of doing this, the number of like really hard scoops I've gotten from a PR person in the gaming company, I don't think there's been five of them. No. It's not their- An actual PR person would tell you like, well, we know that fans are really popular or really enjoy those games. and Those games are popular. We're still working with Activision to figure out like the best plan to roll those out in future. Release. Right. You know, something like that. You'd be like, okay, they just acknowledge everything and say like, yeah. we're working on it. Almost like a football coach where you just yep. you get there purposely. Well, I said, I was saying some coaches, Bill Belichick, not Rex Ryan, but yeah, Bill Belichick, you, you get nothing and you go into the interview knowing you're going to get nothing. Yeah. So there, there are definitely some things in the story that give you clues to what else is going on. But now I wonder if Activision is going to come out and be like, show some file or documents like, see, we still have them. But then the question becomes like, then what you're going to do with them? You know, like if you're saying you have them, then what's the next step? If you know they're this popular to raise this much fuss, are you going to release them? <laughs> like, that's what I'd be asking. You know, because if you come out and say, like, well, they were just lying, we still have the files. Like, but then, you know, you, which and I guess is more of a Hasbro problem than an Activision problem. All the people that went and collected them are going to be super upset when you release them and immediately destroy the value of their collection. I mean, that can happen with any old game, though. Yeah. Like, we've seen it with old Mega Man games, Castlevania, whatever. Like, that but can happen. most companies, like those things, you know, they stay on, like, for example, Mega Man. Yeah, Capcom's never going to stop selling any Mega Man games. They make too much money off of them. Oh, yeah, but the old games still are collectible. Yeah. I mean, so there's, that's okay. You know, and we always say, like, unless we have a weird thing like the reserve list in Wizards, you kind of know that everything's eligible to be reprinted at this point, right? We don't have anything that, unless it's like, you know, a case where you have an old cell phone and they just don't make that technology anymore or whatever. Like, generally oh. speaking, you can remake and reprint things. And we've seen that even with weird iterations of Nintendo's, you know, the NES console being rebuilt, but then just has all the games preloaded or whatever, right? There's a lot of different variations we've seen even of old stuff being reprinted at this point. Your obsolete technology, Megatron. <laughs> Last year's model. Yeah, basically... In a lot of cases. 
So yeah, there were there was also some other video game news because you were telling me there's a new DC game that I saw nothing about up to yeah we, we've been you know talking about dc dual force because i guess sometime around 2021 they said coming soon and then i think at one point they had said coming in 2022 and and that didn't happen so we so that switched to coming soon and then lo and behold after comic-con i realized wait if you were good because i had seen beta and, st- and stuff people talking about so at some point it was coming out so, you know, Comic-Con seems like it, that would have been the perfect time to drop a DC card game. So I just went and did a Google search and after diving down the Internet, turns out, oh, yeah, it actually has launched. They just didn't do a really good job of telling it anyway. But, yes, it is out. It's uh, as you can probably guess by the name DC Dual Force. You have two DC superheroes or, or villains, you know, DC characters, basically. And that's kind of, I guess, the whole selling point is you can have Superman and Batman or Joker and Batman, because hey, that's the thing that happens sometimes in comic books. And I mean, the game itself plays really well, very fun. Unlike Overwatch 2, actually does have a PVE mode that there's already a small part of it functioning in the beta. It's just, you know, I'm kind of nervous because again, they're, the thing dropped around Comic-Con time and I heard nothing. I had to go searching for it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I... It almost feels like they saw the success of Marvel Snap and were like, oh, we need that. You know? and, and I mean, they do. There absolutely should be some kind of DC card game on mobile because that's the thing, you know, that's just, that's the thing comic companies do now. Everybody needs one. Sure. I, I don't know, you know, what the impetus is. I don't think I can think of, but I would think if you are really trying to make that big of a push, and you're trying to draw that much attention, like there should have been some type of even small ad campaign around this. Because even this past week, I looked at a lot of nerd websites and I don't think right. I saw a banner ad. I didn't see a pop up. I didn't see anything come through on my Twitter feed uh, like or Facebook, like literally nothing. Like, and the only thing I knew about is we talked about this game. Was it March? Maybe when we last discussed this. Yeah, I mean, every time I hear anything i I mentioned it and that's literally the only thing i've heard about it like that conversation we had and nothing since and And it seems and don't be wrong i don't think i'm you know everywhere where all the biggest ads are sent but to not see anything seems and again if you contrast that to marvel snap where you couldn't avoid it (laughs) if you had wanted to or something with the upcoming disney lorcana i mean it's everywhere yeah for sure so yeah this is the things you're competing against yeah, I don't. That to me is not a good sign for the game. And a lot of people are already saying it's dead to them because you can't play it on mobile. So, well, that was the whole benefit to Marvel Snap. Like, I mean, the literally because you could play it on mobile, it became a lot of people's like downtime game, or when they're waiting at the doctor's office, or at the airport, or on their commute to work. Right, they're playing Marvel Snap. And in my computer, if I really want to play, I could download it on Steam or whatever. But usually. I'm interacting with it as a as a mobile game. And in fairness, it is an infinitely more complex game. So I, it's not something because Marvel Snapler only lets you have what is it, 12 cards? Yeah. So yeah, this is as many people have mentioned now, they've played and reviewed it. It has far more in common with a game such as Magic than it does with Marvel Snaps. So and maybe Oh, that's not just... a benefit then. Like part of what makes Marvel Snap work is the simplicity of it. Right, that you you can be a Marvel fan and not a card game fan, 
and really get the gist of it pretty easy. And the games are super fast, right? You can, I mean, hell, I don't know what the average time of a game is like, what, two and a half Probably minutes? Easily, it feels yeah, like. easily. Two or three <laughs> like they're really fast. So like, if you got a couple of those locations to stop people from playing, what about 30, 45 well, seconds? Yeah, I've had some that have been under a minute. So yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things, right? That Marvel Snap checks a lot of boxes. So if you came out making a game that's way more complicated, closer to a high strategy game, and you can't play it on mobile, you're already at a disadvantage to the competition. Well, I mean, I think there are people that would like to play, you know, a more strategic game, but you still got to let you got to let those people know it exists. I think there's a market for it. However, we've seen way more of those fail than succeed historically. Like, and I feel like it's, it's been that way with several, even, I would say digital and physical. Like when games come out that are just more strategically deep, you have to be that much better because I think your audience is just not as wide. But we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah. it's available to download. If you want to get DC Dual Force, you can go check it out and play it. Honestly, I was assuming it was going to be mobile available. The fact that you just told me I could only play it on my PC. Eh, that could be a sticking point. <laughs> because my, my PC game time's already taken up. I keep telling you, oh, I haven't yeah. played Diablo late yet. So I already know where my money's moving on the next yeah. one I play. So if it ain't on mobile... I don't know when I'm even going to find time to play it right now. So, yeah, that's tough. And I'm, I'm wondering how many other people feel the same way with all the other titles that have been coming out. Well, I think this is really is, this is, if you like DC Comics, this is your game. Because, you know, the DC isn't in any other, they're not in Versus. They, uh, they're, unless Wizards is sitting on a DC secret lair, if you want to team up Superman and Batman, this is really the only game you can play. So I think that's what they're leaning into. That's well, what did they have that into. other one with the chibi characters come out earlier this year? It was like Cosmic Chaos or something. Yeah, that's a video game. It's a totally different thing. Well, that's not a card I mean, game. A, <laughs> we, yeah, we can agree that card games and video games are like two entirely sure, different but things. But even then, you still have the, the Versus system game that's still out there in trucking. But there's no DC characters in it. They don't have that license. Are there no there, in the new one? There's zero DC characters. They got everybody, I think, at this point. But these, which makes sense, because why would Marvel well, want? Well, DC that actually kind of makes sense because they still had their the other deck building game. That was that too DC yeah. base. So that that kind of makes sense, I guess. So yeah, if you if you want to play a traditional DC card game, this is it for you, basically. Hmm. You know, a lot of people don't like deck building games. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for this. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I'm not. The more we're talking about it, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. This is becoming a harder and harder sell for me, I think. So it's just, uh, you're just not a fan of, I guess, like the versus system style of, of game? For no, I don't, I don't think it's bad, but I think that the timing's tough. I think the Lord timing Kana. is really bad with Lorcana or already. Yeah, well, Lorcana. As, as we talked about, you might not even be able to get Lorcana, so you no, may end up playing. It's not just Lorcana, but it's just like there's been a bunch of recent releases from Marvel Snap to push their thing. There's been, uh, like we said, other games like Diablo and stuff. And hell, Baldur's Gate, I think, is hitting soon too. But again, so, if you wear Superman pajamas, you could care less about any of that. Sort of. Sort of, but there's a lot of you to be big, you have to get a lot of that adjacent money. 
right? And there's they, we know there's a lot of crossover among nerds. Oh, you can get that 40% penetration. Yeah, we, we know you ain't getting that 40%. <laughs> Let's be honest. If 40% of people that read DC Comics play this card game. Yeah, that's t- honestly, I, I think the only thing I can figure, I, just thinking, and this is complete speculation, is that Warner Brothers is already having a bunch of issues. We know that with yeah. a billion different things. They just may not have wanted to spend the money and just make their books look better and just say, hey, we're not going to go through a million dollars on ads or whatever to push this game. It's just going to have to do what it's it's able to do. Which is unfortunate because obviously without advertising, it's going to fail. And again, there's nothing in the market like it. I'm still still grinding so I can unlock Green Lantern and Green Arrow and have a hard traveling heroes deck. And of course, one of the first ones that did was World's Finest, Superman, Batman. And there's no other game that really allows you to do that. So, Yeah, while, while we're here talking, I've been even kind of just perusing the videos on YouTube that come up and... There's not even any like huge viewed videos. I think there's one from a person who has like 200,000 subscribers, but so it's not even like there's a huge market of people even looking for content on it or and maybe they just don't even know it exists though. Exactly. That's you right. I, once I found it, I started watching all the videos, but again, and I let me reiterate if I didn't say it before, I signed up to get news updates cuz I was excited about it. And I got nothing. Yeah, there's the most viewed things are one from two months ago from the Dual Force account itself. There's one with like 80K views from a month ago. There's a 60K views from four months ago. There's there's nothing recent that has a bunch of views. They're all one to four months old. It's a weird way to, (laughs) to sell a card game to people. Yeah, I don't know. Well... That brings us to kind of an interesting conversation, like always, on the dinner table. And this one's very kind of speculative if we just want to make something the way we want in our perfect vision. But I'll ask you, Brian, if there is anything, and this could be a feature, an event, a tool, whatever that you could change or add or take away from game stores, what would that be for you? Well, technically, this was a comic book store in Shreveport used to do this. They had like, you know, uh, I think uh, the comic shop guy had his his, top 10 reads. Just right, you walk to the door, hey, if if you were looking for anything interesting, in addition to, you know, obviously all the posters from different companies selling for this. If you want to know, I believe his name was Dean, Dean's top 10 reads for this month right there. As you walk in, you can kind of just look at his. You're like, oh, I might like that. I'm sure I would hate. But still, you got already as you walk to the door. This is what your comic shop guy, this is what he enjoyed this month, at least. I like that. You know, and you can easily do that with card games, too. Like, hey, this is what, you know, Daquan and Brian are playing this week. Well, you know, I've seen a lot of stores do that where they'll even put like so-and-so's favorite game of the month or whatever. And there's yeah. like a blurb on the shelf that this employee likes this game or whatever. Like, And that's always cool for two reasons. Because I think, one, it just gives you a little bit of extra insight on the game. But yep. also, if you want to ask somebody about it, you can be like, oh, they're actually working right now. Let me just go talk to them and ask them about this. Exactly. Game. So, yeah. So, I like that. I think that's a good one. I think one of the things for me that I would 
Actually, it's probably a thing. I, I was going to say something else, but I, I think a thing that I would change or take away would be the Facebook homepage. I, I just, I don't know when I'm trying to find information on a store, when your events start, or I just want to like see what your store is like or whatever. Facebook's just not made for that, man. Like just pay the minimal amount and just get a website or something. But do people even still look at websites anymore? Yes. A lot of people do. Okay. Like I, and I, hell, I can tell you, I found multiple places because I'll Google search and it's like, go to their site. Like, sweet. I can go see their event schedule or whatever. And then when it's a Facebook page, I'm almost instantly deflated because I know it's going to take way longer to find the information I'm looking for because Facebook pages just aren't built like that. And I've seen people try to do workarounds where they try to post certain things as the image, but then you have to like click the image to see. It's just like, uh, you know, or, or the banner. Or I have to scroll back through to see if they made an announcement this week or something. It's just like, man, I just like want one piece of information. And then, okay, well, now I have to call them and then I'm on hold or not or whatever. And it's a whole thing. It's like, I just don't like that experience for any business. But I particularly don't like it for game stores. Like, nothing wrong with having a Facebook page. Great way to engage with your people still. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with the Facebook page. But, man, you got to have a separate landing page. Like, that's that's a tough one for me. But yeah, I'm trying to think, is there other things I would change or what I would add? I and I'm kind of with I think for me it's just all small things. I don't think there's anything major. As we talked about earlier, small things are, you know, they, they they tend to add up. Yeah, I feel like I could probably do a whole show on just like these things I like or don't like about game stores, probably. I don't know. If anybody's interested in that, yeah, let us know. Maybe we do a show about that. But yeah, I don't th- I think that's one of the only major things I would change. And partly because, honestly, a lot of game stores, like the market's just gotten better. I think we've just matured as an industry, finally, sometime over the last five years or so, that we're just starting to see the bar get raised. So a lot of the little things you kind of dislike or hate, while they still exist, because there's always bad businesses, they're just not as prevalent as they used to be, which is good. We talk about a lot of competition, and then for you know, a brief moment, companies such as Barnes & Noble and GameStop tried to jump in on uh, you know tournament gaming and things like that. So you had to kind of respond to the competition. Yeah, and I told people, even though I knew those things wouldn't last, because oh, they were running them, I think, at Hastings, and that ain't even a business no more. Right. You know, the, the temporary boost in, like, the necessary requirement to compete was going to raise the bar, even if it's just for a short time, right? And I don't think people respected that part of it. Of, Yeah, this is going to be annoying. You have one of these stores in your backyard, whatever. But they are creating exposure, and they are raising the bar, right? Because if their first exposure to Magic or Pokemon, whatever, is going, like you're saying, to a Barnes & Noble or whatever, and then Barnes & Noble quits doing it, and then they're going to go to a local game store the next week. Man, if you, don't, if you ain't up to snuff, you're going to get called out for being crappy. Right, because they already have a higher expectation of like how an event should be run, what the store should look like, whether it's realistic or not, it's you know, different. But that's the thing. So yeah, but yeah, I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of stuff, but that's that's my big one for me. But there you go. Why don't you everybody where they can find you on the social media machines? All right, I am Brian Sonic on uh, Twitter and YouTube. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And that includes all the ridiculous new things, threads, blue sky, spoutable. It's out there. 
But as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your loved ones. And remember to be awesome. And most importantly, remember to be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base 